0: Right man, how are you doing?
1: Not too bad, thanks. mate. yourself. Yes,
0: very well, man. Very, very, very well. Now I'm excited to talk to you because obviously you've had some some pretty big things happen in 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 the last few weeks. You've competed in Britain's, you put out a, a a solid effort for your first time. Obviously, uh, you've you've gone out of record and said that you weren't particularly happy about it. But I'm really, really, really interested to kind of get into how this has kind of come about for you how you've been given this opportunity and kind of track back a little bit of your history now i know that you've done uh, a fair amount of stuff in the strongman champions league uh you've had the opportunity to kind of go here there and everywhere where did that kind of where did that journey start for you
1: oh well the sl obviously in general
0: in general Uh, man
1: well Generally, I've been Strongman six years. Um, started taking it seriously about two years, well, three years ago. And Rob Brampton had word in my ears saying I need to start taking it seriously because I'll still go out drinking and messing around. Yeah. Um, so I knocked that in the head. And then, yeah, yeah, kind of worked hard. Got to UK Strongest Man, obviously, in Belfast originally. and didn't do very well there because I tore my meniscus at, at England a few weeks before. But I thought I've got to go because I got invited. I thought I'm not going to let that chance go. So then, yeah, the year after was about getting my reputation back up if you know what I mean so I went back obviously done it in St Albans and placed 6th which I think I'd have placed higher it wasn't for the weather element of it if you know what I mean the yeah. rain kind of hit and soaked the roof as we'll say <laughs> and uh, yeah I could place 6th and then yeah from there I got invited to SCL um, went to Romania first placed 7th my first one which I was happy with against the athletes that were there then um, yeah I got invited back to Norway last year so minus 20 in the snow Pulling boats and doing Viking press and stuff like that. It was just an amazing setting to um, compete in. And then, um, yeah, went, went to uh, FIBO and had a bit of a shocker there. Literally done the log, got 180 on the massive log, like, was happy, was relatively happy with that. And then, uh, bloody, went to do the frame carry and managed to pull something to my back in the warm up, and I just didn't know what it was. So, yeah, just carried on, like, gunned myself off what well, I'll be right, like, as I would normally do, with, gun with it. And then, yeah, we done the event, and as we just carried on, it started getting worse and worse. Just as a case of Damage Limitation, I slipped down to 10th in that one. And, yeah, then where did I go after that? I went to Holland. And I was like, yeah, yeah, Holland, that's good. <laughs> and then uh, I was doing really well. Um, after three yeah, three events, I was in fourth place. So I was like, yeah, this is going well, this is going well. And then uh, on the last event at the Stones, I literally watched it yesterday, and it like was so sad to watch. Um, went on the first one, anyone threw it in, literally just fell a pop in my left bicep, and you could actually see it on the telly. Like, it hasn't torn uh, all the way, but there's like a hole forms in the middle of my bicep. It like, really weird to watch. I had to pause the TV and rewind it, and yeah, basically, it's partially tore it, but like tore the fibre as well in the middle. So yeah, that ended my competition really, and then obviously didn't compete again last year until I got the Brits invite. So then I started training hard about nine weeks now. Obviously, was training continuously anyway. But nine weeks out, I thought, oh, let's give it a go. Then we'll go. So I've got a nutrition plan and I spent went to really. I thought I've got to do myself be country private and obviously my family. So yeah,
0: right. 100%. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a crazy journey. So in terms of uh, when you kind of really kind of took it, decided you were going to take it seriously – Prior to that, was it a case of that you had just done like a couple of competitions? Had you worked your way up through novices? Did you jump straight into the opens? Like, have you just always been a ridiculously strong man?
1: Um, I went up and done my first session, obviously, like I said, six years ago, and I pressed the 120 log on my first session. And then all the boys, (sighs) like, Jesus, that's never a a PB. Then the next night, I got called back to do it again because Dan, who was open Bristol strongest, was like, You never come up and done that, you never come up and done that. So I went the next night again and done one twenty again. And then there, like kind of initiation sort of thing. And then yeah, I just kinda of done one novice, which was a K two in a novice. Then I'd done one interest which was body power and that was two and fifteen, I believe. And then um, yeah, I just went into open. So I thought if I wanna get better, I've got to go to these better people. So I just fired myself straight in. I think the fourth combo done was a sovereign qualifier of the UK's strongest man. And I came ninth out of thirteen, I think. I was like lots of Chris Gehran in there obviously Daniel Gracia we're still doing it now but like people out. obviously my first comp there was a massive massive awakening like I was happy not to come last Do you know then I, mean? I was like won't get too bad crack on
0: so with with those kind of placings kind of really early on in your career, were you finding that you were kind of you were getting to comps and like i mean your pressing is just out of this world you're so ridiculously strong, but were you finding that you were getting to competitions and it was kind of the same events that you were kind of struggling with and getting getting hit hard with the points with, which is why you weren 't kind of getting placed higher? Because I know, I mean, you're you're incredibly strong, um, but obviously everyone favours certain events more than others. So what was it in the early days? Was it just lack of experience or just not quite as strong on certain events? What was it for you?
1: I think for me, it's a mixture of both. I think i never gym trained before I started Strongman. Never. I went to the gym once a year, just messing around with um, someone else to see if I was as strong as I was the year before. And i always done rugby and football. So I never gym trained. So for me, it's always been a case of catch-up. Like, I never deadlifted before, like, properly. So, I think my first deadlift was, like, 240, maybe. And then, obviously, just built from there. It's, like,
0: that's a but, ridiculous way to be starting off on that. That's incredible.
1: I okay, you know, but I think there's proper mong strength, you know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> it was do no forward formal technique. It was disgusting to look at, it, but But, yeah, like, every competition is a learning experience. Like, that's why I say people message me all the time saying, it's my first comp coming up. What, have you got any tips? I said, yeah, enjoy yourself. Cause you'll never get that back once that first comp's done you obviously you, you enjoy it but you, it goes so fast you never actually sit back and think well that was my first one I'm never going to get that back so yeah for me my overhead was obviously always strong so i done right on that and then my static strength was all right it was just moving events where really, so that's essentially what I worked on to get whilst well, I was going up for the round before I work on my static strength work on my moving and that started coming better and then the points started picking up and then the jazz went for no really
0: so when you really started taking things seriously uh, and you kind of had a word with Rob, so were you doing gym-based work prior to that or was this literally a case of you were turning up to competitions, never have touched an implement, never have really stepped foot in the gym and then just like coming first in your novice and first in and your inters and, and that sort of stuff?
1: No, for me it was, um, I started obviously, like I said, six years ago I started, I trained three months and did a novice comp but I placed ninth uh three i think okay and then i done body power there and i came i think it was ninth again then so that was like two months down the line so within five five months or six months i had done two comps and i thought i'm not exactly a million miles off the pace because body power was a good indicator back then you had good athletes coming up through who didn't like glory enough you know what i mean they stayed where they were and sort of things like that and yeah it was it was good and then uh. Like I said, the Open's qualifier for a UK sovereign qualifier. That was the real life. And I was like, it's a different league now. You need to start, like, whooping your ass a bit. Because I never had a training plan. Like, literally, the lads I train with now taught me how to do strongman. So I learned from them and their techniques. But obviously, not their technique don't suit me, if, you're not, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Everyone's different, aren't they? So my deadlift might be different to theirs, and my press is different to theirs. So now for me, like, I, Rob gives me a rough program but i kind of work the numbers myself so um like pressing wise i'll do my own thing because i know how to progress myself before that okay so yeah. so
0: it's a case of he's he's kind of giving you the skeleton a good training plan and then you'll just kind of taking each session as it comes seeing how it feels if you're maybe going to push a little bit more on one day than the other than you can do like you've got a little bit of flexibility or are you kind of telling yourself before you go into a session right today is a uh, 155 log for two for three whatever it is and you just go in hit that number and you're done like how do you how do you train that
1: well i generally just obviously so i feel i always train over it. i'm the damn most tired because it's obviously my strongest event so i'll if obviously i usually do deadlift now on a monday because i'm so fresh i didn't train tonight because i uh give myself the day off <laughs> but yeah yeah, I usually do it on a Monday because that's for me is the one I need to work on the most. So basically, Rob gave me the rough plan and I work the numbers from there and I do the assistance work, like leg press or like um, lunges, stuff like that to obviously build the core stability and build the little muscles as well. And I do rows and stuff like that. But yeah, it is kind of structured a little bit, but it's also got freedom. So if I'm feeling absolutely hanging, I can just hit a certain number, like 80 or 90% and leave it there, John. I mean, not have to go and bust a gut. Because I still work for a living, so my job's manual labour. So I'm working all day and then going training for three hours after. If I'm not necessarily feeling fresh, I won't go so hard. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna mention that because, of course, you're, you're, are you a scaffolder?
1: That's just unfortunately.
0: Yes, but as in, like, that, for anyone that knows that job, it is ridiculously manual and it takes so much out of you. And it does kind of, to an extent, explain why you have such a ridiculous overhead, because the amount of times you're passing stuff up and doing whatever, you're basically fucking built for it, man. Do you know what I mean? But how do do you deal with doing such a manual job during the day and then going to the gym and expecting to put in, like you said, another three hours of not just basic gym training, but strongman, which is some of the most intense training and intense movements that you get in any strength sports. How do you deal with that?
1: I just think you've got to be mentally tough, to be honest. Like, I'm one of these people I'm competitive, so I don't like people to get the better of me. So for me, if I miss a session I've today, I've been set at home, like, stewing about not going, which I should have went. But at the times I work late, I don't get home until like, half past five, I train at six. Before I'm not dragging my ass all the way over there now. I'm just having a crap session. before I give it a rest. So, obviously, I can't press it at the moment because I've got a slight rib injury. So, I'll just catch my, my squat and deadlift up on the other two days of the week. So, yeah, just you kind of just got to be getting into the routine of doing it. Like, what, like It's like anything in life. If you do it all the time, it becomes habit. So, that's what I do. I usually work, come home, I have something to eat quickly, have a shake, go training. Then, obviously, have my dinner when I get home. And go to bed that's my routine obviously i have a shower as well i don't want to smile but... <laughs> that's my the shower the
0: shower's optional everything else is part of the routine
1: <laughs> the hose pipes out the back and you've got got underneath it
0: <laughs> that's that's yeah. your hot cold treatment right there just uh just just a bucket of water outside
1: and on the days i don't train i see my kids generally that's active recovery looking after them for. <laughs> <laughs> So, in t-
0: in terms of your your training programs, uh, is it a case of that you're kind of you're having a look at your your up and coming competitions, and you are working in the specific movements for the comps you have coming up, or do you generally say as like a rule of thumb, like I'm gonna train log farmers, yoke, etc., etc., every single week, and then you are just play around with implements closer to the time how do you like to structure your training in regards Mm -hmm. to working towards the next comp
1: well for me i generally do my obviously compound lifts which is squat deadlift overhead every week without fail so that's monday wednesday thursday night obviously my assistants work after and then on the saturday i'll do comp specific training if i have a competition if i don't have a competition i'll work my weaknesses like i need to work so like farmers or like moving events or stones. Because obviously, for me, I haven't done stones a lot of times. So I'm all right at them, but I want to be better. So I'm now going forward and i going to try and do stones every single week of training, even if it's just light reps. But just get used to the movement in between the stones, obviously breaking it down and becoming quicker. So I think you need to work your weaknesses when you can. Because obviously when you're training specific, specific, it's obviously harder to fit them in. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah of course and 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 in regards to kind of uh highlighting your weaknesses is this just something that you've kind of found yourself or is this kind of something that you've kind of you've you've had friends say okay we, we think that you're not necessarily quite as strong as this or that etc
1: um as myself like, i've got to be honest with you i'm a risk critic i hate doing stuff wrong like brits like looking back now i think i had a good show in But after the competition, I was fuming. I didn't want to talk to no one. I was just like kicking myself. But yeah, identifying weaknesses, you can just tell when you come to a comp, like, Brits were so fast moving, I wasn't prepared for that. Like, the change of events was swift, you know what I mean? And a normal comp like UKs or something like that, you've got a bit of time to eat or you've got a bit of time to do something else. But yeah, I can identify my weaknesses myself because... I know what I need to do better, so this time I know I need to be more powerful, I need to be a lot more fitter, and I need to just move, work my movement events again, because I've obviously got them up, but it's not enough.
0: So what you're saying is kind of like in your in your traditional comps, you're just given like more time in between events to kind of do whatever, get some food in, get different bits and pieces sorted, and you just found that everything was moving way quicker than you anticipated at Britain's and you just didn't have enough time to recover and get the things in you usually would?
1: Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't eat the whole competition. Usually I could snack on stuff in between because the the crew there was professional. You know what I mean, they had a crew getting it on, a crew getting it off. It was done and dusted. It's obviously it was for television, so it was quick. But another comp, like say a local comp, you haven't got professionals as volunteers, so it takes more time. So then you've got your time to have a little snack or have a little natter or a drink. This one was like boom, 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 boom. It caught me off guard a little bit, but I think it was it was a great experience anyway to to be in that. job I mean? Because then you just know what's coming next. Though.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. So with that, I mean, that I, I mean, I could probably spend an hour talking about Britains by itself because it was it was absolutely phenomenal. But for for you, obviously, this I mean, it's not your first big show, but in terms of that crowd, that arena, that capacity just just being in that place how did it feel was it was it did it feel alien to you were you uncomfortable were you lapping it up were you loving every second of it where was your head at
1: i'm a showman so i love it <laughs> i'm honest i like performing for a big crowd i like to let people know i am and they, oh, they buy their tickets at the end of the day so you've got to engage them you've got to make them feel like they want to be there I, I, I was, it was a thrill for me. I've got to admit, I loved it. Like looking back now, like obviously you can see the smiles come on my face already. But yeah, it was a, just an amazing thing to do. And obviously, I'm competing on home soil for a year, so an SEL only last year. So for me, it was great for my family to come watch I was some of them. And it was just a nice to be out in front of an English crowd, then cheering my name. Like I was doing the log and you do not generally hear the crowd. And every time you press it, it was like a massive roar. Like you imagine, a, like a football match is exactly the same as that. It was, it was, it was brilliant, to be honest
0: did you feel kind of obviously because you have the crowd there you have just everything's so electric you've probably got so much adrenaline pumping around your body do you feel were there any moments where you kind of had to take yourself back and be like look right okay this is just getting a little bit too much now i need to kind of straighten my head out i need to 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 focus now i need to remove myself from this kind of area or were you just literally crowd was your energy get whatever you need to get done done with their help
1: yeah, crying with my manager. I think that's what made me get through the call because obviously, like I said before, and I'm, I'm not making excuses. I tweaked most of my ribs, so I felt like I'd, start, I'd break my ribs to be honest. So that's what got me through because I didn't want to let them down. And briefly before a stone, because I was having like a, I've got to admit, I was having a tear because I felt like I'd let myself down, let my kids down. And I spoke to Rob, he was like, "Mate," he said, "You're from Bristol. Who else has done this from Bristol?" I was like, "No one." He did what "Exactly." He said, "Get your red out of your ass and get on with it." And I was like, "Yeah, fair enough." Like he said just go and do one stone so i thought i'll go do one stone and then that went up and i thought oh, i'll just crack on now and keep going <laughs> then i got to the fourth one i went to pick it up and it felt like someone stabbed me in the ribs i was like i can't do it anymore so i just dropped it and waved to the crowd and gave my belt to one of the ladies in the crowd so what i didn't say I meant? I went and I thought, you might as well have something <laughs> so i just done that
0: i love that i love that man that's awesome so uh, in regards to your to your ribs, do you know what you've done now? Because you originally sustained the injury on like, wasn't it like event two or three or something like that? And then you just basically carried on through?
1: Yeah, it was event three, the loaded medley. I tweaked um, two weeks prior when we went out to train. I drove up to um, York to train on the kit. And the 150k, I picked it up and I just felt a pop. And I was like, didn't really notice it at the time. But when I was driving in, it got more and more tender. So I got, home, got in the bath for like a good hour Use salts, like done everything I could. And it was there for a couple of days. And then I was like, oh, this has gone away now. I'm fine. So obviously me being me, do 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 carried on. Literally done the duck walk, turned around, picked the keg up again, took two steps. And if you watch the video I posted, you see my posture completely change on the right hand side. So I dropped my arm lower to try and keep the keg. And I obviously managed to finish the medley. But yeah, it just felt, it felt like the horse had kicked me. And all that soda had like gone real tight. And I was coughing. Like, I didn't have a cough before so i had a cough for like two days after it was just really funny and weird but i think i strained my intercostals which is obviously the muscle between the ribs so obviously that all got inflamed and just obviously was causing me a lot of problems so, so are yeah you, trying... are you still
0: struggling with it now is 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 it kind of hindering your training still
1: yeah i can't press it at the moment so i've done squat i've done like light deadlift last week just to see how it felt but even bend over the time i shoot it just feels like someone's giving you a rib shot you know what i mean
0: so are you, are you getting any treatment on it? Are you just kind of seeing how it goes? What what kind of stuff are you looking for?
1: There's nothing they can do. Well, so I've to take an inflammatory to try and bring it down, which it has been doing. i taking the proxen for about a week now. There's nothing the physio can do because the muscles are so small they can't get access to them. It. It's like in between your ribs. So when you break your ribs and like you cough and it hurts, that's the muscles are obviously there and so Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, of- yeah, it's, it's it's a pain in the ass because obviously it... it, it it's annoying enough to interrupt your training and your training plan and your training flow and it obviously means that it throws things off. So have, have you kind of got a rough idea of when they're, they're kind of thinking you're going to be back to full fitness? And, and uh, if so, is it a case of that you're having to take it really slow uh, or will you kind of be able to get back to, to kind of decent numbers quite quickly?
1: I'm, I'm open to start pressing again next week. I'm able to start pressing it. So I should be back by then, but I'm still going to continue to train right there anyway, because um, I'm doing FIBO in um, the start of April. So I'll be going back to Germany for SCL, and uh, yeah, I'm going to train, obviously, train, to get stronger and fitter for that, because I didn't do myself proud last year, so I want to go back and rectify by now.
0: And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and and how are you kind of going about doing that in terms of like with w- with your fitness and stuff? Is is this stuff just literally kind of doing more CV based work? Is it doing more kind of carry medley based events? What are you doing to kind of improve your fitness?
1: Well, basically, like I said, once my ribs are hills I can probably start event training next weekend. So then I'm going to do a lot of like medley work, like I mentioned, a lot of conditioning work. It's basically throwing sandbags, chasing after that. You've got know, throwing bags. I'll do some of that run after it and it's basically going to put a little plan together right? i'm always doing something i'm going to swim on my rest days as well just to get some active more active recovery and just look after myself a bit better because obviously i work like i said i work all the time then train and then obviously see the kids these little times for recovery work so i need to like explore what i can do and get done in the time i got Do you know i mean so, so realistically
0: work. with with everything that you do how much time outside of training and work are you getting to, to to kind of do these things to do your recovery to do all these tiny little bits and pieces that are you know r- really important in the grand scheme of things but they they, they take up a lot of time
1: yeah well i, I think i well, obviously work 40 hours train 15 a week, and i see the kids all day sunday and i see them from six till eight on a thursday friday so that leaves me probably about with sleeping Ten hours, <laughs> maybe. Jesus. So yeah, I got off the, the case of having to like that, this is what people don't see about me. I'm always in my car. We literally, I like, eat in my car and doing stuff in my car because I always got things to do. Like, I'm spinning plates all the time, and then I'm trying to make the best of the situation. You know what I mean? But I love it. And on the moment, I love it because I would never let my kids down not seeing them, and I would never not train apart from a day or two. But yeah, this is just it's the side that people don't see the sacrifice, what goes into it. And that's the side we try and get across to people. Like, if I'm competing on a Sunday and it comes a Friday night, I'm not doing nothing on a Friday and a Saturday all day, do you know what I mean? Or if it's in the summer, like, I'm not going out in the sun, I'm risking losing energy to get more sunburned, whatever. So away.
0: <laughs> yeah, 100%. But, but and this is the thing, you know, when you get to the level that you've got to, when you've worked as hard as you have to get to where you are, you're not willing to throw it away because you know what you're capable of you want to get better you want to get stronger you want to represent yourself more and you're a hyper competitive athlete like you're you're never going to sell for second best so regardless of the fact that maybe you're tired or you're aching or you've had a shit day or you haven't slept enough or whatever it might be you know, you're always gonna be there apart from today, putting in the effort in the gym and, and, and doing the things that are necessary because you, you wanna be better, man, and that's that's inspirational. You can't you can't teach that. You're just born with it, do you know what I mean?
1: I appreciate that. Thank you. I just think I'm a normal person, but yeah.
0: <laughs> Dude, trust me, normal people do not move the fucking numbers that you move not in a million years, not even close. I don't even think you could use the word normal, man. You're you're superhuman in in that respect. It's it, it's crazy. So, moving forward from here kind of looking down the line, what is kind of uh the the game plan for you? Obviously, you've got you've got Feebo, Feebo, you've got S um SCL You've now also got Giants Live in the mix as well.
1: I (laughs) bet the dogs are arguing. In the middle of the conversation.
0: So how are you going to juggle all of these different competitions? Uh, obviously, they are all very, very demanding of themselves. The training is rigorous for every single one of them. Are you going to be a, a lot more picky and choosy with your competitions coming into kind of this year and next year? Are you limiting yourself, or are you kind of an open book, saying you know I'm just going to try and get as many comps in as I can at this level?
1: For me, it's just, I, think, I, don't, well, I used to do like seven eight comps a year too much. Like trying to fit it in the recovery and the training. For me, i probably going to do three, maybe four. It depends on SL really, because if I put in some good results and make the final, I'm going to go, do you know what I mean? It, it's, it's hard to juggle and comprehend it a minute because, obviously, I've only done one comp and I wasn't overly happy with the place, but I was good happy with the show. And so, yeah, I think, for me, I've got to judge it off the next couple of comps I do and go from there, really. But I'm positive, what, 100% positive that I will be a better in England at the end of
0: the year than what I am now. Yeah, and you can't ask for more than that, do you know what I mean? You can't ask for more than that, and it's good that you have that level of introspect that you can kind of go into a competition and say, you know, I'm not kind of limiting myself to this, let's see how it goes, let's see how the events roll out, let's see how the body feels afterwards, and then we'll kind of go from there. So, do you kind of, uh, what what are your kind of core comps coming into this year? What are you peaking for?
1: Um, like I said, I've got fever and the start of April, so now i worked towards that. i got nothing else like that after that, I don't think. You just get in, but obviously the level I like You're just going to get invited here and there. I don't really want to do UK's this year again simply because of the fact all the rulings have changed and people are getting invited back that finished at UK's party last year and the year before it wasn't there, if you know what I mean. So I don't really want to do a qualifier and have to drag myself all over England doing things just to get to a comp I believe I'm already at the level of doing. So right, think, okay. I respect the people that are doing it wrong it's just for me it's not feasible at the moment with obviously the tight tight constraints I have so yeah I'm just gonna do FIBO obviously place high as I can I'm open to obviously be top seven or top five and then get a bit by back to my back a my right there. it's nice to see the world as well I'm very fortunate to go nice places so yeah I want to keep doing that really
0: I was gonna say like uh, I mean you just have to take a look at your Instagram to, to kind of see but you, you spoke about it at the beginning but that comp in uh, was in Norway when you're out in the snow, dude. Yeah. It just looked incredible. I was actually talking to one of my mates about it on, on Saturday night. Actually, and I was saying just how insane it is and like that. Just just being out in the scenery, like it must just do something to you. What is it like competing out in the open in the freezing freaking cold? Snow literally falling on you in the middle of the forest, <laughs> Viking pressing a giant log. How does that feel?
1: It feels amazing. I, it's the best recovery after a pub I've ever had. My body hurt only at all after, because when was so cold, you obviously, you know what, it must have been good, good treatment. You know? But yeah, it, just, it was a good atmosphere. to obviously up in the mountain, so you all stay in one hotel. So all the athletes are in one hotel, all the spectators, everything. So it's a real close-knit group. And then you go and get on with your events. So we're on the Hercules hold on the Friday night. So it was like minus 20. And we're wearing a t-shirt doing an Hercules hold. So was like 150 kilos in each hand. And like we're literally freezing your nuts off. But <laughs> you just got to try that on to it. And, and the next they went to back of the athletes tent. So when you finish your event, you go, the heat was all there. That was all right. It was pretty enjoyable. I like doing these events and doing certain things that people don't do. I like to tell my grandchildren that I've been to all that. 20 is a fantastic story for me. For me, like memories, a the on you know?
0: What I mean? So that's what I want to do. Yeah, 100. It's 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 stuff that you just don't get the opportunity to do every single day. You know, I think it's it's fantastic that we have the opportunity to compete in giant arenas and stuff over here. But being out in the elements like that just adds a completely different factor into it. So when you're competing in that kind of temperature. Is the body feeling any different? Are you having to kind of do extra warming up because you know when you get hit by the cold, it's gonna you're gonna seize up. What are you doing differently to compete in freaking minus minus twenty degrees compared to like room
1: temperature in the Sheffield Arena? Sheffield Arena was not room temperature. It's <laughs> <laughs> an ice rink for a star. so gets quite cool, Then you try bright underneath the lights and absolutely right Literally, you step out, you're like whoosh, sweating. But yeah, minus 20, it was uh, you obviously got to warm up a lot thoroughly and be ready. But the events were quite quick turnaround there as well. It's quite, obviously, like you said, you had the heater, so You obviously had the big flame-growing heaters, the industrial one. So you had about four of them in a tent. And like, if you're just warming up, lots of chance of the guys getting ready, so you make sure you're warm, then you do your event, and you're straight back in. Cause you do not want to be out there for 10, 15 minutes, absorbing all the cold, you know what I mean? So then, yeah, you kind of find out when you're coming into the next event and then you probably give yourself 10 minutes before you start warming up again. So you're always – not constantly staying warm, but you're always getting warm before the next event.
0: Yeah, yeah. So just, just giving yourself yeah, enough time for everything to kind of kick into action before you moving on to the next one. But it's interesting that you say that, you know, the, the recovery is so good afterwards, probably because of the cold. When you usually compete, do you kind of – Do you have any routines kind of post competition that you like to do? Do you like to do ice baths? Do you stretch out? Do you just literally go home and crash out for the next forty eight hours? Like what what is your world post comp?
1: Um, it depends obviously where it is. Obviously if it's in a different country, you generally go out and have a drink, because we obviously don't drink very often. And obviously if it's SEL, a few of us go out and have a drink and obviously get to know the public view. Obviously you're coming to all these different places in the world. Now you might not necessarily know someone so well. So obviously you go out and get to know each other. But here, generally, I'll compete. If it's local, I'll travel back if it's local enough. I'll get in a bath, have a really hot bath. Use my recovery gun. And then the next, or like, get in, sometimes have an ice bath. Generally, I don't bother having an ice bath after a competition. It's usually the day after. Obviously, on, on the day of it. unless it was a UK's strongest band where I had loads of cold baths. It was three days comp. Three-day comp. So on the nights, you had to have your ice baths recovered the next day. But... Yeah, it just depends on what kind of coffee you're doing. And if I'm in a bad mood or not, if I've done absolute crap, I'll drive straight home. I would not stay in the hotel, come straight home. Like, at Brits, I wanted to come straight home, It was only because I got talked out of it I didn't. And I'm glad I didn't, really, because it was good to obviously go back to the hotel and spend some time. And I needed to rest I was so tired. But driving through and out of power, it would have been ideal after doing a company.
0: No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you probably would have been absolutely smashed. So, talking about Absolutely Smashed, how heavy is an SCL International Drinks? Because I, I know the size of you lads, and I know you boys can put it away. I cannot <laughs> begin to imagine the sight of five of you walking into a tiny little Dutch pub and destroying
1: the alcohol cabinet. Well, when we done SCL Holland, we actually stayed in Germany. We traveled across be stayed in this hotel it was like a bit like a but in Germany so we had beer tokens so you always got so many tokens I, I'm not going to divulge how much we drank but, uh, but it's, so there wasn't any tokens left <laughs> that's what I partially tore my bike at so I was literally drinking to numb the pain as well so yeah I didn't Getting get much sleep that night <laughs> woke up at 12 the next day and I had to travel back
0: <laughs> Jesus so partially torn bicep and a little bit of a sore head as well
1: well I got picked up from the airport when I got home because obviously I couldn't drive so someone kindly got the bus all the way up to come get me and then I took like four think, in a space of too long too quick and <laughs> puking up all the way home out of the car <laughs> oh my
0: up. god <laughs> Like the worst forty eight hours ever. Yeah,
1: it was weird. it was bad.
0: <laughs> so so coming into uh your your next competitions, obviously knowing that you've had kind of these niggles and stuff, are you are you doing anything differently to accommodate for those things? Kind of obviously you know that the the, the rib was an issue with Britons, you know that we've had the issue before with um the, the bicep tear. Are you kind of, are you strapping things up more coming into competition? Are you finding that you're just having to warm up, mobilize more? What are you doing differently now?
1: It's just definitely a case of warming up and mobilizing more like before. i got to be honest with you, I'd never done no mobility stuff probably a year, two years ago. Just trained, came home, sat on the sofa, didn't drink enough water. Like now, like I'm, I'm on it, so I'm drinking fluids all day. Like electrolytes in it, obviously I have the hydration drink, that's in the pity as well. Like I'm making sure I'm looking after my body because obviously you only get one body. So, yeah, but injury prevention, like I said, drink water, training smart as well. If I feel something that's pulling, I'm stopping, mean, Before, I just go through it and just get on with the pain the next couple of days. So, yeah, it's literally about being more clever and just taking a different approach to things. Like, obviously, I want to be in this sport for as long as I can and compete as high as I can. So, like I said, looking after my body is a necessity. So, I'm looking now at different recovery techniques and methods. And like hope that I'm like hopefully I'm gonna implement that over the next few weeks and then go.
0: Yeah, excellent. Yeah, well I mean it's, it's 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 nice to hear that you're kind of understanding now that, you know, you need need to be looking after body even more, especially when you're competing at this level, you know, it's there's so many fine margins and there are so many so many areas where you can pick up little niggles and injuries and stuff that it really is the difference between you, you know, pl- placing first and, and placing last. So it's, it's, it's nice to hear that you're, you know, you're taking that as, as uh, a priority coming into the competitions because obviously we want to see you for a long ass time, you know, you you potentially have a, a, a huge longevity in the sport. You're not old by any stretch of the imagination. You've got tons of years under, uh, a, You know to to come in the sport so in regards to moving forward are you are you open to kind of taking on board any competitions that you can is it a case of that you now just have to wait for these comps and organizers to contact you or can you be proactive about saying you know this is what i'm aiming for this is what i want to do i know that i have to hit this qualifier or that qualifier
1: for me obviously I am kind of at a level where most of it is invitational. But if there's something crops up that I wanna do like like an event I probably haven't done before to do you know I mean like a, I heard there's one going on, which is like a stone challenge, I might go do it. Do you know I mean I'm, not, I'm open to most things. It's just I don't want to do a, a lesser comp, like obviously for lack of better word there, to then risk doing a better comp, if you know what I mean. I don't want to like do something and then be knackered and not be able to do a, good, a better opportunity two weeks down the line. Because sometimes that's the notice you might get. You might get too many and Someone say, well, listen, about something you injured. If you do that? You're like, yeah, I can. But if you've done a comp and, like, tweet yourself, oh, sorry, man, I can't, I'm injured, you lost your opportunity.
0: Yeah, so it's a case where you, you feel like you kind of just want to keep your your books open in case something comes along and that you can just literally snap it up and go from there.
1: Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> snap up. <out. Yeah. laughs>
0: So, so how, how does it, it come about that you get invited to a platform like Giants Live? Like, how did that process kind of come about for you? How long ago did this start?
1: Well, for me, I've been obviously seeing Colin and um, Darren a few times at Body Power, and people have mentioned me to them, and they've kind of said, oh, yeah, well, you're on our radar, you're on our radar. Apparently, last year, I missed out on a place by the skin of my teeth. And then this year, I was like, I was well probably eighty percent sure I was gonna get invited, but then that twenty percent creeps in and you're like, Well, I might ask again, you might not pick me, and then I got a message on Facebook Dared with my official invitation and I gotta be honest with you, it was overwhelming, if I'm honest. Like I was like, Finally, like I got to where I wanna be, one of the competitions. I have hit another goal in my checklist and I thought now it's time to work hard and obviously get better and obviously I wanna go to the world's strongest man, that's my major goal. I want to compete for my country. Like I said before, I want to make my kids proud, my family proud, am even Bristol proud. I love where I come from. Even like dodgy accent. But, uh,
0: <laughs> I don't know. I I think, I, I think it, it's in contention with one of the sexiest accents and strong man.
1: <laughs> it's the housewife's
0: favourite.
1: Everyone.
0: Yeah, yeah, but man, that that's awesome. It's it's so it's so nice to hear someone that you know, is is taken on more than themselves. Like, I love that. I feel, I love the fact that you're, you're not just representing yourself when you're out there, but you're representing your town, you're representing all of your friends, all of your family. Like, it's, it's so nice to hear someone that's so loving and humble and, and, and warm-hearted and just wants to go out there and, like, impress people, impress the crowd, get everyone involved. Like, it's, it's hard to find that combination of, humbleness showmanship and performance and like dude i think you're doing it do you know what i mean
1: <laughs> I, i'm just trying to i was always brought up to be the way i am so i was trying to do my mum justice and conduct myself in a way that's positive and hopefully people take from it while they take from it like i'm one of these people that i don't necessarily care what you think about me, but i like to the people who i care about i like them to be proud that's why i aim to do every day. but
0: yeah 100% 100% and and you know if at the end of the day you've you've worked your hardest and, and you've given everything that you can you can't really ask for more than that do you know what I mean like it, it, no matter what you're doing you can see that you're putting 100% effort whether you've got a torn bicep whether it's fresh whether it's an event that you love whether it's an event that you don't you know you wear your heart on your sleeve and you bust your guts and if you can't do something you'll hold your hands up and say hey you know can't do it but you're gonna go with everything with a thousand percent and that's why I love man is it's strongman is that as a sport you know it's an everything or nothing and when you find people like yourself who literally go out there and give everything it's really really nice it's really nice and I think it's, it's it's inspirational as well you know I think there are a lot of people that will kind of listen to your story and realize you know okay this guy hasn't been doing it for a crazy amount of time you know he never stepped foot in a gym previous to this. I definitely have an opportunity here to follow in his footsteps. Like, I, I, I think that your story is very, very unique in the sense of that you really did literally come out of nowhere. Yeah. Well,
1: that's it for me. Like, <laughs> but shush! Sorry, that was a <laughs> So, the intruder's coming. next. <laughs> yeah, for me, like, Strong as well, more accessible than when I started. So, like, people could go in a different weight categories, or novices and interns, or first-timers, they could do it. I've always said to people, was was in wish position, like you, you should never wish to be like anyone else. Be the best you can be and enjoy yourself. That's what it's about. I don't wish to be Eddie Hall. I don't wish to be Lauren Shelley. I just want to be me and just get on with it. I just have a laugh while I'm doing it. That's why I try and do it. I try and enjoy it as much as I can for as long as I can
0: that's so refreshing that's so refreshing to hear man just literally just enjoying being yourself because i think it's so true and i've spoken about this with many people on the podcast before that i think especially in this day and age where we have access to things like instagram social media they are fantastic but you know we do constantly get bombarded every single day with you know okay they're lifting more than me than this they look better than me than this this And you end up going, okay, well, like, I want to look more like that. I want to look like this person. I want to have that physique. I want to be able to do this with that implement. And people start to fall into that trap of wanting to be more and more and more and more like people that they idolize. So it's so freaking humbling to hear someone be like, you know what? Like, as much as I respect Lawrence, like, yeah, fantastic, incredible. But you do you, mate, and I'm going to do me. Like, yeah, that's wicked. I
1: love laws. I love Rob. I like Eddie. Like, I was. I just like enjoy being myself more. <laughs> I like to have a laugh man. I don't think they take much too seriously. Like even during my i competing, I'll still have a laugh with the other competitors. I'm not only who sits in the corner like, giving people the eyes back. I just have a laugh and wind people up and try and make light of the situation because we're all in the same venue. So you might as well enjoy it while you're there where you can. And the results I just do the best I can. The results will come at the end of the day. You just gotta keep working on it.
0: How do you find your other competitors deal with that? Because you know I've been, I've been to a couple of competitions now, and you can you kind of get a vibe for it. And there there are very much those people that are like, don't talk to me. Like if you come anywhere close to me, I will stab you in the face. And there are those people that you know from the get go are cracking jokes. They're saying hello to everyone. They're making people laugh. There, there's really that big split. So when you have like a big personality like yours, and you come into a to a scene. How does that change things up? Like, do you do you find that you kind of tone things down a little bit the first time you meet people, or are you just literally, like, out there, and people are like, who the fuck is this guy? Like,
1: will this guy please just shut up? I'm just me. Like, I I can't, I don't ever water myself down for anyone. Like, I'm an honest person. If I don't like you, I don't speak to you. That's it. If I like you, I speak to you, and I insult you, we're good friends. Yeah. <laughs> that's that. <laughs> I I walk into any room, I'll just be me. And I've got to be honest, people I love me and hate me. People say I'm brash, people say some I've been called a bully before because I've been having a bit of battle or something and I've said something that they might have offended them. But I've always said, if you've got a problem, you can speak to me and I'll apologise, do you know what I mean? If I upset you, I don't set out to upset you, I say I'll have a laugh. Everyone gets the same treatment. it's not a single one person, everyone gets the same and I think people are so offended nowadays by anything. It's, it's just a bad culture to be in, but yeah, hundred uh, yeah.
0: percent. But it's the best way to be. You, you, you've got to be you because, especially at, at this level, you know, and especially with things like social media, it's like people see through the BS. Like if you're not being you, people know about it, and then you start to get a reputation for being a false person. When you when you go out there and you live your life online, and you have your YouTube channels, which obviously you just started up you've got a big Instagram following, people are going to get to see the real you, whether you want to put it out there or not. So it's nice to to know that you're owning that, even to a point at which you feel like it's rubbing people up the wrong way. Like, that's so awesome. But it's it's nice to find people that are happy being them. Like, that's cool. The
1: thing is, I learned from an early age, you can't please everyone. You can't be everyone's friend. People are going to like you and they're not going to like you. So... you just stay true to yourself that's their choice is there a problem with you like it was not my problem it doesn't impact my life because they're just a part of what i'm doing their opinion does not necessarily matter to me but i'll still be polite to them. and in that circumstance unless i actually hate you i won't speak to you at all (laughs) i'm I'm, I'm
0: glad that we're having a conversation then because then then i'm in the green it's all fine (laughs) So I I like to wrap things up the the, the same way with, with every guest. And I'm really interested to see where you're going to come from uh, with this. So I want you to, for a second, imagine you're taking a step back in time and you're going back to visit your younger self, you know, probably 12, 13 years of age. You haven't really formed that many opinions on things. You don't really have the, the, the great knowledge that you have now. You're allowed to, uh, Give one bit of information, a bit of knowledge, a bit of wisdom, whether it's a quote, a mantra, a way to live your life. What do you, what information do you give to your younger self to help you through everything that you've had to go through to get to where you
1: are now? Um, don't believe what everyone tells you. Follow your heart. Always put the hard work in and don't take it for granted because tomorrow it could all be taken away
0: so true so true so true I love every single one of those that hits the nail on the head man look it has been an absolute pleasure man thank you so much for coming on obviously you've got some big big things coming up you've just started up the YouTube channel as well so if there are people that are listening please go over there and and follow Ryan because he's going to be putting out some, some pretty decent content it's looking pretty good so far so I'm very excited to see what you'll be doing with that obviously always popping off on social media literally one of the funniest Instagram stories I have ever seen uh your singing is just to die for and it brightens my day every single day i get to watch it so please give us more car singing we love it we love it thank you very much for coming on man i really really appreciate it all the best for your coming upcoming events obviously massive luck with FIBO, and we hope to see you on the britain's stage the europe stage and of course the world strongest man stage at some point as well man so all of the best with that
1: thanks for having me i really enjoyed myself excellent
0: have a good one man
1: Cheers, buddy.